Well, good morning, Cross Point Church. How's everybody doing this morning? I shouldn't say everybody. Uh, I was talking to Spence this morning, and one of the things that we noticed uh, yesterday as we were looking at Facebook, both of us kind of noticed this, is that every post was somebody from our church at the beach, right? And so we, we were somewhat prepared for a, a low attendance this morning. He says, you know, Dave, if there's just five people here, we're going to worship the Lord. And I said, you're right. And, and I look out here, and I'm just thankful that there's 17 of us here this morning, okay? I tell you, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it is 4th of July weekend, one of the most traveled weekends of the year. And, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking, I know uh, Linnell and I were, were also just talking about this weekend, how wonderful it feels to not be a part of the crowd that's out there, you know, and uh, how we could just relax this weekend and everything. But I hope you've had a great 4th of July weekend. It is a time where we celebrate our independence, and, and that's something worthy of, of celebration and just thinking about and, and celebrating together. And, uh, and so happy 4th of July to you, 4th of July weekend, I should say. Many are away this weekend, and, and many are fighting the crowds. And, and speaking of crowds, uh, I, I'm really excited about the message that we have today because what we're talking about is really moving away from the crowd. And we're actually going to look and, and talk a little bit about how Jesus taught us to move away from the crowd at times in our life. And so I'm excited about the message this morning. I'm glad that you're here. I know that we have a lot of people away this morning, but, uh, but we're here to get, uh, today to gather and just hear from the Lord, and, and I'm just thankful for you being here this morning. I'm looking forward to a great message. So let's pray, and then we're going to dive into God's Word together. Pray with me, if you will. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, God, for uh, an opportunity that we have each and every week to come into this place and to, to worship you in spirit and truth. And Lord, uh, as we've talked about in this series already several times is, is the reality of how this world can be so distracting to us. Father, I pray that in this moment, this morning, that God, we would place aside every distraction in our life and that we would, we would focus on that which you would have us to hear. Father, as we read and we preach from your word, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would stir our very souls and, and God, our hearts would be inclined toward you this morning. I pray, Father, that as we look into your word, that you would speak into our hearts in such a way that we would be encouraged and that, Lord, we would be, we would be driven to, to live for you and, and God, in, in some moments of our life, to even move away from the crowds that we could spend more focused time with you. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for every great blessing that you bestow upon our lives. Father, I pray that this morning you would meet us in this place in a special way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning we're looking at a spiritual discipline that, that really, in my book, it ranks way up there as far as spiritual disciplines. And, and quite honestly, it's probably one of the spiritual disciplines that we, we take for granted or we just, quite honestly, don't even incorporate into our life. Uh, this morning we're going to be talking a lot about silence and solitude meditation, and reflection. But as we think about all these words that I just mentioned, you know, it sounds like maybe there's a, a bunch of different spiritual disciplines, but really they're sort of combined into, into one, two words combined into one discipline, silence and solitude. You know, silence and solitude, this spiritual discipline is a discipline on abstinence. 
as we look into God's word here this morning, we're going to see that it means that that we should take a break from all the noise in the world. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you would testify, would, 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 uh, would speak into the noise that's in your life these days? Amen? There's a lot of noise all around us. And so silence and solitude is one of those disciplines that takes a break from the noise. And it sort of, it's, it's where we discipline ourselves to remove ourselves from that and to seek God in a in a powerful way. It's also one that, that says we must stop and listen. We must stop working. We must stop trying to please others. We must stop trying to entertain ourselves and instead focus on God. Focus on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so silence and solitude is one of these disciplines that that requires a lot from us. As we look into the scriptures, as we're going to do this morning, we, we, we begin to see that ultimately it becomes about hearing from God. You know, many times in our prayer life, we go to the Lord and we're, many times we're even rushed in our prayer life and our prayer is something along the lines of, God, here's what I need today. God, here's what I hope that you know about today. God, here's what I'm, I'm hoping that you'll tell me today. And we, we're really busy sometimes telling God what we feel like we need instead of just simply being still and listening and hearing from the one who cares so deeply for us. And so silence and solitude is one of those things that we need more of in our life. And this morning, I hope that just by looking at the example that Jesus himself has set for us, that we would be encouraged to do more of that. Charles Spurgeon said this, and I love this. He said, there are times when solitude is better than society, and silence is wiser than speech. We should be better Christians if we were more alone waiting upon God and gathering through meditation on his word, spiritual strength for labor in his service. And so we would be better Christians, he says. We would be deeper Christians, he says. We might be more mature Christians, he says, if we would spend more time in silence and solitude, meditating and reflecting on the things of Christ. Instead of allowing the busyness of this world to distract us. This morning, the message is titled, Do Not Forget to Be Still. Do Not Forget to Be Still. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Now, let me just say this. This is a passage that that is really most of the time taught about prayer. And indeed, it is on prayer. But we're going to use this text this morning to really serve as as a springboard into really looking at at solitude and and silence and meditation and reflection, those kinds of things where we simply find ourselves being still. This is going to be a passage that is very familiar to us. But, you know, I don't think that God's Word is is by accident or, or coincidence. I think, in fact, when we look into God's Word and we read the Scriptures, we see a lot of divine uh, intentionality, you might say, where God... In, in, in the writing of, of God's Word, He orchestrated the placements of these stories and these truths that we study about in Scripture. 
And no doubt this passage to me is one that was sort of divinely placed in its proper location. You know, in in Luke chapter 11, the beginning where we start here this morning, we're going to see a passage where the disciples are asking Jesus about prayer. They're asking Jesus about, uh, about how to pray. But what we see as we read through this passage is in chapter 10, the story that was told just before the story that we're about to read was the story that is also very familiar to us. It's the story of Mary and Martha. This morning, you don't have to raise your hand about this, but if if I were to ask you, are you more of a Mary or a Martha? If you know the story, you know what I'm talking about because what we have in this story is a woman named Martha who, as Jesus entered into her village, she invited Jesus into her home. And as you can imagine, this was a great privilege that he would agree to come in and, and spend time with them. And so it says in the scripture, the story that we read is that Martha began to get distracted because of the things that she needed to do now that she was, was hosting such a, a, an amazing guest. And, and so she begins to clean the house and prepare for the dinner and, and all these things. And she notices that her sister Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so she comes in and she voices complaint to Jesus. She basically says, will you tell my sister to get up and help me with all the things that we need to get done? And what Jesus says may have surprised her, but he says this. He says, Martha, you have been distracted by that which isn't really important. You're busy doing a great thing, but Mary is doing the better thing. She's being still, and she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. What a remarkable story. Now, that's the story that we read in in Luke chapter 10. This is the story that we that we see unfold in Luke chapter 10. And then in Luke chapter 11, starting at verse 1, we see this. The scriptures say, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation." And so Jesus' disciples come to him and they say, Jesus, teach us to pray. And no doubt, prayer is hugely important in the life of a disciple. It is one of those spiritual disciplines that we must must embrace and, and engage in as believers or followers of Christ Jesus. Prayer is hugely important. And typically when we look at this passage, we we begin to realize that what Jesus is teaching them is is the realities of prayer, how to pray. He he offers up an example, if you will, of how to pray. But this morning, this passage that is very familiar to us also teaches us something else. This is why I want to come to this passage and think about this as we get ready to dive into God's Word and discover what silence and solitude is all about. 
You see, I, I, I look in here, and, and this is really the, the verse that I want to zero in on today as we look into this passage, is verse 1. And I believe that many times when people read this text, when they read this particular passage, they sort of skim over this, and they get right into the Lord's Prayer. They get right into that part which, which the disciples were asking about. Give us instruction on how to pray. And many times when we read this text, we, we forget that the, the, the primary part uh, or one of the, the, the parts of this text that is, is so incredibly important for us to understand. Look at this with me, if you will, verse 1. This starts off, this, this passage, it starts off like this. Now Jesus was praying, and take note of this, in a certain place. I think it's interesting that the Word of God would be that specific for us. It wasn't that Jesus was just praying. It was that Jesus was praying in a particular place. Now, if we go back to the story that was just told to us in Luke chapter 10, we see that Jesus is beginning to teach a lot of things uh, uh, about distractions. He's, he's talking to Martha, and he's telling her, listen, you are distracted by the, the busyness of this world. You are distracted by the noise around you. And yet, your sister Mar Mary is sitting here, and she is being still, and she is, she is longing for the voice of God in her life. I don't think it's coincidence that we see this passage and then the very next thing that we see is that Jesus has removed himself from that story, from this, this place, this house, this home where he was no doubt doing incredible ministry, but he has removed himself to a certain place where he can now spend time in prayer. And that's what I want to use this morning as sort of a a launching pad for talking about the importance of silence and solitude in our life. You see, simply, Jesus was seeking solitude to escape the crowds. You know, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through 37, we see this more specifically. As we read through the passage, we see this where Jesus, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and he went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him, and they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Now there's a couple of things I want us to notice about this before we dive into really the benefits, if you will, of silence and solitude in our life. Because ultimately, we look to Jesus as the example who is the one who not only instructed us to make sure we embrace silence and solitude in our own life, that we enact this as a spiritual discipline in our life, but he was also one who set the example of this. And so here we see in this passage in Mark, where it says that he was very intentional about silence and solitude. He was very intentionally seeking these places to go where he could escape the crowd. It says here in verse 35, and rising, I love this, and rising. In other words, he got out of bed while it was still 
dark. He intentionally made up his mind that he needed to get up and go to a place where the crowds may not be, that he could have time to hear from God and also to lift up his prayers before a holy and righteous God. He was intentional about it. We, we begin to look at this, and there was a specific time when he was less busy. It says he, he rose, he was and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark. Now, I know if I were to ask for a show of hands this morning, how many of you like to get up early, way early? How many of you like to get up early? It's probably not many of us here today because most of us value our sleep. I think the only reason I get up early in the morning is because my back starts hurting about 3 o'clock, okay? I think that's an age thing. But, but most of us, we, we, we value that time where we can sleep. But here we see Jesus setting the example and the Scriptures testifying that Jesus was intentional about getting up and going to a certain place. He was, he was going to this place because it was, it was before everything was beginning to happen. It was before everything was beginning to get busy. It was before the noise started. And so he goes to this place, and he begins to pray. And what we see is that it was a time of prayer, but it was a time of prayer when he could be alone. In fact, the scriptures reveal here that even his disciples didn't know where he was. They began to search for him. They began to look for him. They were wondering where he was. And, and, and here's what's remarkable, because this is a reality in every one of our lives today, most likely. Everyone is looking for us. Everyone is looking for us. There are people that want our attention. There are people in our lives that need our attention. And so what we as believers or followers must do if we're going to embrace this silence and solitude which Jesus displayed as so important in our life he was the one who was revealing to us this as we read the stories of Jesus where many times over and over and over again he sought solitude and silence so that he could reflect and meditate and seek God in a very personal way. Then we must understand that, that there will be times in our life where there are those that are looking for us. But there is nothing more valuable than finding that time, and maybe it's different for every one of us, where we can spend alone with God. And so that's just sort of simply how Jesus displayed for us silence and solitude. He, he did so to escape the crowd, to escape the noise. But I want to offer to us this morning, I want to suggest to us this morning, a few reasons why we must discipline ourselves. And it requires discipline. While we must discipline ourselves to find silence and solitude. And here's the first one. The first reason is so that we can hear from God. So that we can hear from God. Obviously, when we escape the noise, we can hear better, can't we? When we get away from the noise of the world, the noise of others, when we get away from the noise, we obviously can hear better. Have you ever been in one of those situations where, you know, somebody suggests, maybe there's a group of people, and somebody suggests, hey, let's watch a movie. And so everybody gets sort of excited. You start talking about what movie you might watch, and, and so suddenly you decide on one, and maybe it's on Netflix, or maybe it's, a, it's an old DVD that you had, maybe it's an old classic, but you, you plug the movie in, 
And you realize real quickly that what they really meant was, hey, let's plug a movie in, but let's all talk and have conversation and not listen to the movie. That's what they, they really mean. And I don't know about you, but that drives me nuts. I mean, I'm okay with having the conversation, but if we've chosen to watch a movie, then I want to hear the movie. I don't want to have conversation in the midst of the movie. And so that's one of the most frustrating things to me. And, 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 and if it's at my house and, and my family can testify to this, I, I will just reach down and I will hit pause and I'll say, well, let's go ahead and get the conversation out of the way so we can resume this movie. You know, I mean, it's one of those realities that has probably happened in every one of our lives, but you can't hear the movie because of the noise. In the same way, we can't hear from God when we're surrounded by the distractions of this world and the noise that comes with it. We must remove ourselves into a place. I, I love what uh, one of the mentors of mine, uh, Sean Lovejoy with Mountain Lake, he used to say this all the time, we hear best from God when we're furthest away. We hear best from God when we're furthest away. And he didn't mean when we're furthest away from God, he meant when we're furthest away from the noise and the distractions in our life. But Jesus wasn't the only one that taught us about solitude. In fact, in, in the Scriptures, as we search the Scriptures, we see over and over and over that there are many times that, that different ones were putting on display for us to learn from this idea of removing ourselves from the noise of the world that we may hear from God. We, we, we look into the Scriptures and we see that Elijah was standing on, he was standing on Mount Horeb when he heard the gentle whisper of God. You see, the, the earthquake came and he, he thought maybe he could hear from God in the midst of an earthquake and then a fire came and he thought maybe that's where he was going to hear from God. But it was only when all of those things had ceased and it was quiet that he heard the gentle whisper of God. I know many of us in this room today probably grew up talking about the necessity for a quiet time in the mornings. It's not about morning or evening, but it is about quiet times where we can be still and hear from God. It is so important for us. Habakkuk, in Habakkuk 2.1, it says this, he says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower to look out and to see what he will say to me. In other words, Habakkuk, he was, he, he was very intentional about getting to a place, a desolate place, a place where maybe no one else was. And he even went to an elevated place, but he went out on the watchtower. He took up post on a guard station and he stood there and he listened to see what God may speak into his life. The Apostle Paul, right after his conversion, right after his conversion, he left. He, he went on the run, so to speak, to get away from the noise of, of life. And he, he went off to, to spend time alone that he would hear from God. As believers living in a world today, we must do this because here's what I've come to believe, that the reality of the noise has contributed in a huge way, to the spiritual shallowness of Christianity today. We are shallow in our faith because of the noise 
in our life. Here's the second thing, a uh, second reason why we should find ourselves away from it all, get away and, and, and find that place of solitude as Jesus uh, found that desolate place. Let us find that desolate place. Here's a second reason, to be physically and spiritually restored. To be physically and spiritually restored. You know, our video this morning, it showed how how sometimes setting aside that time to be alone with God can sometimes be awkward. Have you ever got up and, and, and or, or, or maybe you just sometime during the day you, you made a decision, you know, I, I think I'm going to just go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to go and I'm going to just get in a quiet place. And so you remove yourself from somewhere or maybe, maybe your pastor gives you the day off so you can go and spend time with the Lord. But you, you do that, and it's, it's so unnatural for us, we sometimes find it awkward, don't we? we? We move into a time of prayer. I was talking to somebody just the other day. They said, man, I sat down, and I was, I was planning on having the best prayer time I've ever had in my life. I mean, I had thought through it. I had approached prayer with such intentionality, and I began to pray, and an hour later, I woke up. Physically exhausted couldn't even pray. You know, the realities are that, that, that what solitude and silence does for us sometimes, it gives us an opportunity to, to, to pray. It gives us an opportunity to be still. But many times in the midst of those opportunities, we don't even know what to do with ourselves. We're so fidgety these days. We're so anxious about the things that we have to get done. That's why we see Martha in the story of Martha and Mary, where she knows that, that in her heart, what she is doing is good because she is serving Jesus. But in reality, what she needed was to be still, to be spiritually restored, and maybe even be physically restored. Maybe she was a workaholic, who knows? But the realities are, silence and solitude gives us the opportunity to be physically spiritually restored. You know, Jesus and his disciples, after feeding 5,000 people one day, they sought to go to that remote place that they may rest and be spiritually renewed. It says in Mark chapter 6, verse 30 and 32, it says this, the apostles, they returned to Jesus and they told him all that had been done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Jesus telling his disciples, Jesus didn't say, well, that's great. We fed 5,000. Guess what? The next village, we got 7,000 waiting on us. Let's go. That isn't what Jesus does. No, Jesus, he says, that's awesome. But I care deeply for you, and I want you to be physically restored, and I want you to be spiritually restored. So let's take a break from the noise of the world. And let's take a break, from, the, a break from, from just doing so much. Let's seek after God. And so we read in this text where he says, come away. And notice he says this, come away by yourselves. Don't bring the crowd with you. Don't bring the noise with you. Leave the distractions at the door, but come away by yourselves, he says. Come away by yourselves. 
and rest for a while. And then it says this, for many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. I mean, they were so busy with life, they didn't even have time to stop and eat themselves. And then it says in verse 32, and they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. You know, if you know this story, and I, I won't just continue to read it, but if you know this story, you know what happens after they go away to that desolate place? Here's what's so funny about this, and this is the way the world is. But even when they left and they went to that desolate place, they went to seek that place of solitude. You know what the crowd did? The crowd knew what they were doing. And so they run ahead, they run ahead, and they meet them in that place. I mean, they won't even let them go. They chase them down. And they were faithful in serving, and they served a little while longer. And then the Scriptures tell us yet again that they left again because they knew the importance of that silence of being still. They knew that their, their physical vitality, their spiritual vitality was dependent upon that silence and solitude and the need to be still in their life. This summer, let's don't forget to be still. I know it's a time of vacations. I used to hate vacations. I don't so much anymore. Because it's pretty much me and Linnell, and we just get away, and we don't pack much. But I remember the day when my children were small. And I had to load a trailer to take stuff to the beach. And when I got there, I had to unload the trailer to take stuff. I've got the children, honey. If you'll just bring it to the third floor, that's where we're staying. You know, it was just, you know, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. But it was one of those things where, and back in our day, the, oh, y'all got those carbon fiber strollers these days. They're light as a, a feather. But we had those stainless steel strollers, you know, made for the beach that had bogging tires on them, you know, that, that weighed about 80 pounds just to get it out of the car and, and put a kid in. You know, it was, a, it was horrible. It wasn't a time of rest. I was like, I can't wait to get back to work so I can rest. It was horrible. Even in the midst of our working, Somehow, some way, we must set aside time to be still. And the summer can be just as busy as the rest of the year. Maybe our focus shifts a little bit from work to vacation, but if we're not careful, we'll waste away our summer and we'll never spend any time with God. Here's, the, here's what is so amazing about this is that Jesus went away to a desolate place by himself. I know how distracting. It can even be distracting in those desolate places. Have you ever noticed that? Just Monday, I woke up, and as I usually do, I wake up and I, I lay there for just a minute. I don't lay long, but I, my mind gets to running, and I, I begin to think about what the day entails. Do you do that, or do you just spring out of bed like a spring chicken, you know? I, I kind of sit there for a moment because I really do want to go back to sleep and it just doesn't happen. But I begin to think about it. And, and on Monday morning, I remember waking up and thinking, man, this week the message is on be still and know this guy. So I just sort of real quickly offered up a prayer to God. And I said, God, hey, this is going to be, you just hang on. I'm going to go get my coffee and I'll meet you in my office and we're going to have a great quiet time. I mean, it was, it was kind of, it really was just like that. I said, God, I, just give me a minute to get the coffee and I'm going to spend all morning just with you. 
Because if I'm going to preach on being still, I've got to be still. And I remember getting my coffee, and I was walking into my office, and there was something on the floor. I don't even remember what it was because it was so insignificant. But I saw something on the floor. I remember that. And, and I remember picking it up, and that led to another distraction. And then before long, another distraction. And 32 distractions later, I'm watching tips on landscaping on YouTube. I don't even like landscape. I don't even like working in the yard. And this is what I'm watching on YouTube. Two hours later. And suddenly it hit me because, you know, it's getting about time to go into work. Suddenly it hit me that I probably need to try to rush and spend a little time with God. And then it dawned on me, wait a minute. It's on be still. Wait a minute. I promised God I would spend time with him. And instead I've watched YouTube landscaping. Yay. Plant a tree this weekend. What in the world? I mean, I, I got in a desolate place. I, I went to my quiet place. I went to my prayer closet. And even in this place, I didn't find the silence and the solitude that I needed. Basil, who is a Greek bishop, once said this. He says, for just as the eye constantly shifts its gaze, now turning to the right or to the left, now incessantly peering up or down, cannot see distinctly what lies before it. So too man's mind, when distracted by his countless worldly cares, cannot distinctly focus on the truth. When we allow distractions to win in our life, we don't hear from God. And we don't nurture our vitality. Here's the third thing that I want to mention, and we're almost done. To express worship to God. This is a great reason to get away. Because really, quite honestly, that's what it's all about. To express worship to God. When we get away to that place, the most important thing that should be on our hearts is to worship God. We worship God with our lives. We know that. Amen? That's what, that's what we're called to do. And, and there are so many things in this world that, that, really, that really chase after our worship. They compete against the true, authentic worship that we have for God. The things of this world, if we're not careful, will draw our attention upon those things instead of worshiping of, of God, of, of Christ. And so worship of God is what should happen in our time alone with Him. And, and, and let me just say this, worship is not, does not always require words and sounds and actions and music. We can worship perfectly fine in the silence. Habakkuk 2.20 says this, and we're almost done. He says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. I love that. The Lord is in his temple, but let all the earth keep silence. Sometimes worship is more about what God wants to do in our life rather than what we want to say to him. We can't hear from him when we're too busy talking when we're too busy singing. Not that that's bad, that's good. 
But there has to be times of silence in our life. David in Psalm 62, he says this, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. C.S. Lewis once said this, he says, We live, in fact, in a world starved for solitude, silence, and private. Most of us in our life, and most of us, if we were honest with ourselves this morning, probably don't have much time in our life where we just sit still and remember that He is God. We must discipline ourselves. In one of the most grossly misunderstood spiritual disciplines that exist today, to be still. In just a moment, we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper. And before we do that, we're going to have the band. They're going to come up here and we're going to sing and we're going to worship God. And, and this is our, our last song of the, of the service. This is the time where we would typically stand up and we would sing with all of our heart, with all of our mind. We would worship God. These, these, we would sing the lyrics on the screens and we would just worship God in a remarkable way. Preparing to leave and to individually continue to live our lives for Jesus this day and in the days to come. But I want to challenge us this morning to maybe do that which is not normal. This morning as the band comes and sings this last song, I want to, I want to challenge us all to just, to just be still. The band's going to come and they're going to do their thing. They're going to they're going to worship God through music and, and lead us. And, and this morning, if you feel led to stand and sing, I don't want to stop you from doing that. I'm not, I'm not imposing some sort of requirement on you this morning. In fact, what I want to do is just offer to you this morning the freedom not to stand. If what is best for you is to remain seated and to be still and to listen, to listen to the words or to listen to the voice of God this morning. Maybe this morning as the band sings and people remain seated that you want to come to this altar and you want to just bring yourself to this place where you can be still and know that He is God, where you can come and be still and worship God through prayer in a very specific and intentional way where you remove yourself from that seat which is so every week so comfortable and come to this altar in a spirit of prayer. If you want to do that this morning, don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. You come to this place and you be quiet and you be still and you worship God. Whatever God's leading you to do this morning, we want to give you the freedom to do that. Let us be reflective. In just a moment, we're going to be partaking in the Lord's Supper. And the Lord's Supper, as soon as the song ends, we will, we will partake in the Lord's Supper together. And the Lord's Supper is just that. It's a time for the church, for the body of Christ to be still and to reflect on everything that God has done in our lives. So let's pray. And then let's sing or let's be still. Or let's pray. And then we'll come together for the Lord's Supper. Father, we thank you for this day. And we thank you, God, for all that you are. We thank you, Father, for 
the reality that you are in this place with us and that, God, that you teach us so many things about our life and about who we are and about who you are. Father, we know that your word teaches us that we are to to serve, that we are to go and make disciples, that we are to work for the kingdom of God. We know that your word teaches us there are times in our life to, to be fervently about spending time in our community, sharing the gospel that others may know you. But also, God, we see here today that your word teaches us a very important spiritual discipline, that there is a great need in our life to be still and to rest and to know that you are God, to reflect on the work of Christ in our life, to remember that He is the one who went to the cross and suffered much and spilt His blood for the atonement of sin in our life. Father, we put Him on the cross. We placed Him in a position of suffering. Father, it was for our sins that He died. And in just a moment, Father, we will collectively remember this in the Lord's Supper. Lord, we love You and we praise You and we continue in the service together reflecting on who You are and loving You with all of our heart. Amen.